Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. And oh boy, the Yankees have made so many signings and trades over the past several days. It's almost hard to keep them all lined up. Nope, they haven't done anything and we're all kind of just sort of waiting on the rest of the league to make moves. We're waiting on Carlos Correa to make his decision, which he's already made twice. We're waiting on the Yankees to figure out that a left fielder probably isn't going to come internally. It would be great if they uh, could figure that out, but it seems like maybe they haven't. Uh, but we're just waiting on the dam to unclog it. So for now, it's just rumors for us to parse through. Uh, the most notable name on the trade market, still Brian Reynolds, but... Is anybody going to get him? Is the asking price ever going to get easier to match? Or are the Pirates just going to head into the regular season with their outfielder who doesn't want to play there and who they don't want to pay for a little while longer? We're going to break down the Andrew Benintendi press conference that shook the world in Chicago. Not really, but apparently we have to talk about whether or not he hated his 33 games with the Yankees enough to throw shade at the team while being welcomed to the Chicago White Sox. Plus, Correa, is he going to be a Met? Will he be a Boston Red Sox like some fans in Boston believe? I would say that's unlikely, but I'm not going to put a declarative on it because weird shit always happens to the Boston Red Sox. Plus, Reynolds and DJ LeMahieu, who appears ready for opening day and not just ready, but fully ready. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, all podcast platforms. Drop us a five-star review on Apple Pods. A mailbag question in that review is a good way to get noticed. We're happy to address that on the show. And we will be live streaming on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time, all off-season long, all regular season long, and just going to adjust that during the regular season. If stuff comes up that requires our immediate attention, we will be there at your beck and call and at YouTube's beck and call. Thomas Garanade, welcome to the podcast uh kind of a quiet uh past few days in yankee land i think we we're all ready for a fresh start in 2023 and instead we've mostly just it, it feels like so long ago that they signed aaron judge and carlos run on uh great moves Re- really good offseason for new york yankees but uh it, it seems like that that's maybe it. it it might be over feels that way uh with the trade market still taking its time it's going real slow materializing and coming into focus this is probably what we're looking at until the first big deal goes down i think teams with actual assets are maybe scared to make that first deal because they don't want to set the market too high and have other teams pissed at them and they don't want to set it too low where they're looking like an idiot after three other deals go down after theirs and all the other returns were better um so yeah watch some playoff football in the meantime we got the new york giants there i mean that's are there it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time this weekend. Ton of games. We got the national championship tonight. Uh, yeah, but we're here to provide you some updates. Uh, I think for the time being, uh, we are waiting on that. We, you read a lot into what other contenders are doing too. Teams like the Dodgers, right? They've curbed spending. Uh, they're ostensibly preparing to spend big next off season um, on Shohei Otani, potentially the off season after that with um, uh, Juan Soto. So um, you have to look at this in a a realistic lens. If the Dodgers are a team that's not sat, that that isn't satisfied with the asking prices out there, the Yankees certainly aren't Uh, the Dodgers. You guys have seen them make various deals over the years. Um, They're always, they're very cash mask in, in limiting the risk. 
Um, but they also do take bigger risks than the Yankees. So if they're a team that's not willing to take the plunge for a player they really like, they're also in on someone like Reynolds, um, then I think we'll be waiting a little bit longer. You have the Brewers situation, don't really know what they're doing, but you keep hearing names pop up. Um, so I think this offseason is going to drag on a little bit longer. I think we're going to see some trades way closer to spring training, um, and it's going to be a fun time. But uh, let's start off with – Let's get this out of the way because this is a dumb topic. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't know why this was this. I don't know why this was even a topic of conversation. Um, I guess it was the New York Post's fault for kind of writing that headline or whatever, or providing the context there where Andrew Benintendi claimed that there was a claim that Andrew Benintendi um, may have taken a shot at the Yankees because he said that the uh, the White Sox wanted him and this was a place that had desired him from day one and he's just happy to be in a place like that. Um, yeah, here's the cool. quote. It's fun to be part of something where you're desired, where you're wanted. He said that at his introductory press conference with the White Sox, where he was trying to sell himself to the fan base after the White Sox spent $75 million on him. He was welcoming himself to a new city. He was excited to get started. That's it, and that's all. And if anything, it, it wasn't a shot at anybody, but if anything... Isn't it a shot at the Red Sox? I thought that. Thought exactly that. The team that traded him in the midst or after he was injured in the shortened 2020, team that traded him after he won, was a very integral uh, member of that 2018 World Series team. Um, And he was still young. What is it? He just, he's going into his age 28 season. So the guy's got plenty of baseball ahead of him. The Red Sox literally cut bait on a first round pick whose ascension to MLB was pretty insane. It was like, what, honestly, what was it? It had to have been a hundred something games in the minor leagues. If that, like maybe a hundred and like 30. Yeah. Drafted in 20 drafted top 10 in 2015 up in the bigs by late August or September, 2016 and, and playing in the ALDS that year. Unbelievable. So, um, I don't know how you draw any conclusions with, his tenure with the Yankees talking about being long. He was here for 33 games. He hardly even latched on with the fan base because his play was fairly inconsistent upon his arrival. Um, He was a non-factor in September and October when the, when everybody was really paying attention to what was going on. Obviously the post trade deadline stuff held some weight among Yankee fans, but things didn't start getting really magnified until September and October um so i don't know on what planet he would be referring to not being wanted here he wasn't here long enough to even be wanted or unwanted in my opinion i was pretty much indifferent on whether he came back or not would i have paid that price for him if the yankees want to spend sure great pay him do do i did i did i think he was in a, a necessary addition this offseason absolutely not um that doesn't mean i i, I don't want him or, or i don't prefer him and i don't think the yankees front office made it clear that he was an undesirable asset or a wasted trade asset or whatever you want to call it. But um, yeah, I mean, look, the talking points are slow right now. New York post, do your thing. I get it. People are coming in, people are viewing, but I don't, I, I don't feel it this way at all. And I know you don't either. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. No, I mean, if you're going to be the New York Post and you're going to be bored on January 6th or, or whatever day that was, uh, you're going to use the, the quote in your headline. So so their headline was, Andrew Benintendi happy to be, quote, where you're desired after Yankees stint. And yeah, this did happen right after his Yankees stint. But <laughs> this is, if you want to read this quote with sinister glasses on, then yeah, everything that's positive about a new organization is a shot at a previous organization. Technically, if you want to operate under the delusion that no one has ever been happy before until now when they're saying they're happy. Uh, and if you want to take it as a slight to the Yankees, fine. But he was a Yankee for 33 games. He, he fractured his wrist. I would say if anything, the fans in New York were too devoted to Ben Benintendi they were penciling him into their offseason plan and acting like well you know obviously Benny in left field and then we move on from there so we barely even saw him like yeah. it's gonna take five years of commitment it, it was gonna take at least four years of commitment before the White mm -hmm. Sox went as far as they did so you're committing to Ben Benintendi through his early 30s and and yeah if the Yankees want to be a you know a behemoth they can dole out whatever contracts they want to but too many fans were just like enthusiastically penciling him into the lineup for next year and beyond. Cause they're like, we traded for him. So we got to bring him back. And he's a former Red Sox. So we got to bring him back. And it's like, Oh, hold your horses. Like there might be a better use of, of the funds of the spot on the roster. Now, <laughs> knowing, knowing what we know now, we know that the 2023 left fielder is probably not going to be as good as Andrew Benintendi, but a lot of people were acting like that was the be all end all. Like, well, Benintendi will be on the team. Uh, he, he wasn't, he priced himself out of the Bronx and, and that's all right. But he was very much wanted by the fan base. And in terms of being wanted by the front office, they traded three pitching prospects for him at the 2022 deadline. What's what's more wanted than that? They reached out to the Kansas City Royals and said, we will surrender assets for this player. Now, if he arrived and for whatever reason was not wanted when he got here, I didn't see it. He played every day. He, he picked it up and started hitting and delivering clutch hits about a week and a half before he was out for the year. Um, all in all, it's a, it's a tenure that was too short. Uh, I would have liked more Benintendi. I wonder what it had been like if they would have been, been able to use Benintendi in October, considering they acquired him for October and he never got there. Uh, a missed opportunity for sure, but not someone who was unwanted. I mean, this is not Joey Gallo. This is not someone who, if anything, if he was being harassed on the streets at the end of September, it's because fans liked him too much. It, 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 there's no way he was not wanted in New York. Um, he just is happy to be wanted by a team that offered him $75 million. There's a slight chance he felt slighted by the Yankees not extending themselves that far. But this is the most boilerplate quote of all time. This is like if he said, I'm excited to be in Chicago. And, and then the post ran with that and we're like, ooh, like he certainly didn't say he was excited to be in New York last year. It's like, I'm, I'm sure you could probably pull up a quote where he did say that. So who knows? Who knows? Um Good news for Yankees, though. Um, well, at least I don't know why, how we found out about this late or how we missed it. Right before Christmas, right before the holidays, Aaron Boone mentioned that 
and I don't know where this was. I just ended up seeing it in a column somewhere. I forgot where it was, but Aaron Boone said that LeMahieu was likely to avoid surgery, which was good news because uh, about a week before Thanksgiving, Boone came out and said, we're going to wait six weeks to see if DJ LeMahieu needs surgery. And then that could take him out for the beginning of the season because of the recovery period and the complexities with the toe issue and whatnot. Foot surgery is complicated. Um, most surgery is complicated, foot surgery especially so. Um, and then we learn a month later that he's he, he is um, unlikely to have to undergo the procedure, which would put him in line to be ready for spring training. But read about it again in Chris Kirshner's mailbag. That's where I found the confirmation that their sources have also told him that um, DJ LeMay, was expected to be a full go for opening day. Um, so he should get his offseason training in. He should kind of get back up to speed after all the time he's missed. He's missed so much time over the last two years, um, especially. And forget about like the amount of time missed, the the staggered playing time, because he's been in and out of the lineup and then hasn't been able to find a rhythm or was compromised with an injury and was trying to get back on track like this is that's almost the worst it could possibly be because he never truly had time to to rest that much um, with how he was pushing himself and how he was trying to get beyond um, the sports hernia injury. And then this, this foot injury, which we had learned at the all-star break was hurting him or was bothering him for six weeks prior. So this is great news for DJ. It's great news for the Yankees. We talked about at length previously about, does this change Glaber Torres' status? If DJ LeMay, was not available for opening day, you almost can't trade Glaber Torres, but DJ LeMay is going to be available. That gives you a number of options. One, LeMahieu, um, I know some people don't agree with this, but when he is hitting the ball as he's capable of, he is arguably the most important Yankee offensive player outside of Aaron Judge because he sets the table at the top of the lineup. Um, he gets on base. Uh, he he doesn't allow pitchers to you know throw around the top of the lineup so then they can or uh, pitch to the top of the lineup so they can avoid guys like Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. When DJ is there and he's hitting, you cannot avoid any Yankees player atop the, you know, in the first four batters. So it changes the entire complexion of the lineup. Um, and then two is if push comes to shove on the trade market, if the Yankees do want to make another addition, if DJ LeMayu is really going to be a full go for opening day, then that does give you another asset in Glaber Torres to maybe trade, or maybe you can extend yourselves to an Oswald Peraza trade if you're comfortable with that, because then you can have, um, you can, you can maybe put Cabrera at shortstop to start, um, opening day and then wait for Volpe. I, I think this just opens. I, do I agree with that? No, but I think there's options that are open here that previously weren't because DJ being injured for the first month or two of 2023 really changed what they could have done late in this offseason. I like all the depth charts that have LeMahieu as the starting third baseman. Not gonna lie Not to too. you. Um, like is it gonna actually pan out that way? I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, we're, we're a long way from opening day, but. I think we have to accept at this point that Josh Donaldson's financial burden is stuck on the Yankees books this year, but we don't have to accept that Josh Donaldson starts 145 games at third base. The defense was great last year. The offense just never came. And, and there were some people cherry picking Josh Donaldson stats. I saw over the, uh, over the weekend or at the end of last week that were like, I think it, it was a Cardinals fan saying, you know, Yankee fans are, this is the guy you all complain about. He's got like a 96 WRC plus. Like there, there's no way that those advanced stats encapsulate how ineffective Josh Donaldson was as the yeah. year dragged on. And he put up one of the worst postseasons you'll ever see. So you've officially hit peak delusion if you're the one who's calling out Yankee fans for being dissatisfied and frustrated with Josh Donaldson, of all people, who, who didn't do any of the things that he was tasked with this year. The exit velocity, whoop. Uh, the average exit, if you just like all the expected batting stuff, way, way, way down in the dumps. He was a below average hitter with above average defense. And that's not what Josh Donaldson's supposed to be. So if you are more than willing to use DJ LeMahieu as your starting third baseman or projected starter and go around the diamond with Oswaldo Cabrera, Oswald Peraza, Glaber Torres, Anthony Rizzo, Anthony Volpe, it, at, the further down you can knock Josh Donaldson on the depth chart, the better. If you have to carry him for this season, because you've already made a mistake last offseason, then so be it. But don't compound the mistake by saying, well, he's here, so we have to play him every day. So then we have to move DJ LeMahieu to second 
or bench him or trade Glaber Torres or leave the kids in AAA. Don't plan everything around Josh Donaldson. Banish Josh Donaldson to play your better players. They're not going to do that. They should. They, they should. should. They should, but I don't know if they're going to do that. Yeah, Josh Donaldson, highest strikeout right of his career last year. He struck out 27% of the time. Um, he was putting up the Todd run. Frazier. He was putting up the Todd Frazier swing against Justin Verlander against yeah. everybody by the time October yeah. came around. It was like, is there an opposing pitcher on the mound? Okay, well, in that case, he's going to guess fastball and get a curve. Yeah, I mean, and you look at his overall numbers like – 94 OPS plus, you're going to sit, you know, the, the box score hunters, you're going to sit there, you're going to look at the baseball reference page. Oh, really wasn't that bad. His career average for OPS plus is 131. That's significantly lower. And then you look at his other career, he's a 265 hitter. He batted 222 last year. Great. You don't care about batting average? Fine. He's an 853 OPS guy for his career. He OPS 682. Bad. Really bad. Struck out in the worst of situations. Killed the momentum in so many situations. Yes, the defense was good. I think that if there is any argument to be had here, it is keeping that at third base because of the amount of runs that he saved. And uh, but then, but then again, he has he he's a Gold Glove caliber third baseman, and he bobbles that ball in Boston, and then that begins the Yankees slide for the next fucking six weeks. So um, it's just a vibe thing here. Josh Donaldson is not not the guy for this position. I would let, I again that same Kirshner Kirshner mailbag. I saw that same depth chart. He had DJ LeMahieu at third base and Josh Donaldson coming off the bench with Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Um, that would be cool. Do I feel like the Yankees have the stones to do that? Um, I really don't know. I will say, though, that their moves this offseason kind of suggest that maybe they do. You go the extra mile for Aaron Judge. You ensure that he gets the money that he wants. Hal Steinbrenner phones in from Italy to make sure it happens. They go into the Rodon market. And they kind of, they, they lead that race wire to wire. There was really no other competition in there with them. Um, and if there was, it was silence quick because the Yankees were willing to go more years than somebody else was going to, or higher AV than somebody else was going to. Um, so I know it's only two moves, but you know, you look at that and may, maybe they understand the stakes are different for 2023 after what we've experienced the last however many years. Um, talk about somebody who, or, a group of people who don't understand the stakes, that would be Boston Red Sox fans. Um, You've all heard what's going on with Carlos Correa and the Mets. They're still in limbo over this medical issue concerning his ankle, which is, I don't know, what did they want to do, Adam? They wanted like, uh, they wanted a guarantee in the contract where he would make a lower base if he missed time for this ankle injury or something. Uh, yeah, we're, we're in, for whatever year it was. Yeah, we're we're in lawyer hell right now. Yeah, and, and I still kind of feel like it's it's the Mets' battle to lose, but we're definitely at the point where other teams are reaching out, and why wouldn't they? Just because it, it was Christmas Eve. That word leak that Steve Cohen didn't love what he saw in the physical, and now it's January 9th, so no shit. Like, it would be negligent for other teams to have yeah. not jumped in here and try to contact Scott Boris and Carlos Correa. And there's a report that uh, that Correa kind of desperately called the Yankees. This was a John Heyman column yesterday saying that when his Giants deal fell through, he immediately went back to the Yankees, and the Yankees were basically like, we already took on Josh Donaldson's money. So you get your contract last year. Like we, we don't have money for you. Um, and I don't know why Yankee fans expect that the Yankees are going to drop everything and make room for Carlos Correa when they a have too many infielders B his chief concern is a serious medical issue right now and C they they're going to spend money, but they're not going to spend $390 million to compete. I think most of us would agree. Steve Cohen did uh, his spending was good for baseball this year in that it was just unfettered and, and wild, but also he spent because he had to, because he was losing seven key pieces from a playoff team. So he replaced all of those people because the Mets prospect pipeline wasn't good enough, or there was nobody ready or they weren't ready to turn things over to the next generation. So he went, boom, Justin Verlander, boom, Kodai Senga. Like, I'm just going to go absolutely insane here and plug all of my holes with free agents. Not every team can do that. Not every team has to do that. The New York Yankees roster was not good enough to beat the Astros last year, but they're not going to get there by buying eight players and squeezing talent off the roster. So interesting that Carlos Correa apparently made another pitch to the Yankees 
in a perfect world with all salary counters reset to zero, it would be nice to have him on the roster. But the time for the Yankees to get him was last year when they yeah. didn't have a shortstop. And all it took to secure him was a fake three-year deal with a one-year opt-out where he was obviously going to opt-out and did. So... Correa calls the Yankees. The Yankees say no. Correa and the Mets have been talking for two weeks, trying to throw in, you know, addendums to the addendums to the contract. Uh, and everybody still kind of agrees. <laughs> Steve Cohen said there's going to be a resolution soon. I'll believe it when I see it. Everybody still kind of believes the Mets have the inside track, except for Red Sox fans who think that the Red Sox are just going to swoop in here with like a two year deal. Is that what I'm hearing? Two years, seventy million. Uh, three years, one hundred and five. Like the the same deal that he got with the Twins. Why is he gonna? The, the reason that deal was taken last off season was because of there. I think I believe there were medical you know concerns regarding his long term health. Yeah. Um, and because the Twins, Scott Boris set an entire new market with what he did with the Twins and Carlos Correa. He got a small to mid market team to offer. Uh, uh, a near record AAV, regardless of how short the deal was, and it's set I a thought, new I thought Trevor Bauer. I thought Trevor Bauer invented the short term contract before. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, Trevor Bauer got, remember guys, Trevor Bauer got that deal for Max Scherzer in case um, you weren't paying attention to the last few off seasons. Um, but anyway, yeah, he set a precedent with a small market team. These other short-term deals were A, for um, a pl players like Max Scherzer, who uh, is 40, 38 or, or 39 years old at the time. Um, so naturally, those types of players are going to get short-term deals. Um and then you had a star-studded free agent shortstop market where a couple of the other options flew off the board rarely, uh, fairly quickly because of their um, age or their fit on a certain roster. Um, and Correa, for as good as he is, um, there, I think, were optics concerns based on um, uh, his role in the cheating scandal um, with his brashness with the media, his uh, his unfiltered voice, which, you know, I support, I think that stuff's cool, but I think other teams are sitting there like, I'm not paying $300 million. I don't want the headache. Um, so Boris went to another team that was interested and set a brand new market. He is not doing that again with a big market team because then that would defeat the purpose of the market that he just created. And what is the link to the Red Sox, Right. Red Sox fans just think game's back on now because you re-signed Rafael or you extended Rafael Devers. That it, it's it's not that simple because a there's still a lot of 
I think, at least for the Red Sox reputation and free agency, a lot of repairing to do for them. They've had outside of spending for uh, Trevor Story, which I think most people are under the assumption that that's a fairly bad contract. Um, even not Boston without, fans, not Boston yeah, fans. Oh, well, yeah, of course. But um, the Red Sox fractured a relationship with Mookie Betts. They're clearly running the team as a business because of the Fenway Sports Group and their other endeavors in, in the sports world. There was rumors about them acquiring a basketball team that's going to uh, that's going to um, uh, be an expansion team in Las Vegas. They got Liverpool up for sale. So um, I think that there's 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 uh, some repairing for them to do in terms of establishing these relationships. I think players would be hesitant to maybe go there. Um, because of the way that they treated two, two homegrown stars that were supposed to be there for the long haul. Um, I obviously know someone like Correa doesn't necessarily care about that. I think it's very obvious him and Boris are after the money, but on no planet are the, is Scott Boris or Carlos Correa taking a short-term deal with the Boston Red Sox. Boston Red Sox fans thinking that's even possible is, I had your backs. I had your backs for like three days, guys. You revolted after the Xander Bogarts thing. You kind of acquiesced and finally told the world that the Mookie Betts trade was bullshit and the organization has been lying to you. And the return for that was bad, despite fans over the last two, three years trying to convince themselves that Alex Verdugo was an all-star and that Bloom was going to be making all these shrewd moves that he was making in Tampa to make the Red Sox better. And that, you know, Jeter Downs is going to haunt the Yankees for years to come. None of that. You finally realized that all of that was wrong. You, you were up in arms when Bogarts left. You called out the organization on every single front you possibly could. And then you get one nugget in Rafael Devers signing the extension that he should have always signed without there even being a debate because he belongs in Boston. He's proven his track record there. He's 26 years old. This is the exact time you give somebody a double-digit uh, year contract. And now you're back to being delusional. Now you think Carlos Gray is going to come there for one or two years? No. It's not happening. This is not what the business is about. Scott Boris is not making an exception for the Red Sox because their fans want to be better. He's not, he's not giving anybody a discount here. Carlos Cray has been offered now two $300 million plus deals. If he's taking another short, a small short-term deal, it's probably going to be back with the twins. Although I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Mets are going to work this out because then what's the other option? The Red Sox are going to outbid Steve Cohen. Do you think that that's going to happen? I certainly don't. If the, if the Mets who have been throwing around money this offseason like it's been nothing. And I think that that's awesome. Have a concern, however, with the medicals on Carlos Correa, with how aimlessly they've been throwing around money. That means there is a real concern here, and that means a team like the Red Sox, who have failed to spend, for the most part, over the last few years, on surefire assets, both from a marketing perspective and from a baseball perspective, think that they're going to come in now and take a risk on this medical issue for – 250 plus 275 plus million dollars you're insane you're not you're not you're not based in reality what we know is that the twins who know correa's medicals very well because they just had him yeah they just reviewed him last offseason they just signed him offered correa 10 years and 285 million dollars now i don't think he's going back to the twins if he does i don't think they're going to sign him for that lump sum of money but that means we're talking about let's say the bridge is burned steve cohen throws the papers in the trash after all of this and all of this bragging by the way steve cohen has face to save he signed correa away from the giants and when he did that he said we were missing a bat we were missing a piece this is that piece i'm so proud to have carlos correa i felt like we needed one more guy and we got him three days later they have medical concerns and the deal is in jeopardy. Steve Cohen is now in danger of being, you know, look how bad the Giants looked when they signed Correa to the deal and it's silence in the dead of night decided to shred it up and dissolve it. Steve Cohen was loud as hell when he signed Carlos Correa. The Giants got put on blast when they absolutely silently washed their hands of him. Steve Cohen's like, Carlos Correa is on the Mets now. And then the Mets were like, there's an issue with the physical. And then Steve Cohen hasn't talked in weeks because that's really embarrassing. Option one is the Mets saving face and figuring something out here. Correa, uh, if it were that simple, though, where Correa would just say, okay, I'll take a seven-year deal with the Mets, I'm sorry, then this would already be done. Because the rumor is that Correa doesn't want to acquiesce on the number of years. 
or the the financial commitment. And he's still dedicated to getting that full chunk. And, and the Mets are trying to figure out a way to throw in clauses and addendums to figure out how to take money away from him if he does fall victim to an unfortunate injury. I can't see a world where it's like, I want 12 years from you. Best we can do is eight. I want 12 years from you. Okay, maybe nine. The Red Sox pop in and say, we'll do two years. And Correa is like, yes, that's better. That's what I want all along. I just wanted the mystique of Fenway Park. Even though I called the Yankees in desperation two weeks ago and at the beginning of the offseason and last offseason, what I actually want is to play in Boston. That's my dream. Um, And it should be said that if the Red Sox do pull this off and end up with Carlos Correa on a logic-shattering two- or three-year deal, the fan base has to sign an official agreement to shut the fuck up for the next 25 years. (laughs) (laughs) Shut the fuck up now. Because after an offseason where you – this would be the end of an offseason where you revolted, you threatened to pull your season tickets, you you asked the ownership group that has given you four World Series under four different regimes to sell the team, you'd be exiting the offseason with Devers on a long-term deal and a better shortstop than Xander Bogarts and the best lineup in the American League. So you would have to, by law, shut the fuck up. Please, do us all a favor. Um – Speaking of things that are not shutting up, the Brian Reynolds updates. There's a new one every day. Every single day, there's a new Brian Reynolds update. We got one, what was this, like Friday or something? It was It was right after we potted on, on Thursday. Um, we knew of the Pirates making the team record offer, which was six years and $75 million, something Something absolutely not not lucrative at all for a player of for an all-star caliber talent who's under team control, you would assume that A, you'd get a deal for longer than six years because you have three years left under under team control. Um, and you would assume that AAV would be more than twelve million a year, even for a team like the Pirates. Um, but supposedly there was there was a fifty million dollar gap there. Reynolds wanted something in the one hundred and twenty range, didn't get that. Um then we learned of the trade package, right? Pirates want some pitching, some young pitching that's on the cusp of MLB, uh, of coming to MLB to help whatever their their rebuild is. Yankees don't have that, so it's a little bit tough. Um, but you have other teams now who have popped in here. Dodgers, as I mentioned earlier, um, the Mariners are involved. Uh, somebody else, somebody else was in here. That was interesting. You might remember, but I don't. Um, but either way, there's a consensus among these teams that the asking price is, um, is, is out of this world and that nobody's going to pay that. Um, so again, as we're looking at the trade market, first domino to fall Reynolds would be the, the ideal domino to fall to get the trade market going, right? He's the most valuable, valuable player available. He's going to cost the most because he, has three years of cost-effective control under him. Um, he's entering his prime years. So this would truly set the table for any any other player who would be dealt, whether you're uh, under team control for two or three years, whether you're heading into free agency, whether you're a veteran with the certain amount of value that you bring to the table. This would change. This would get everything set in motion. Um, but I'm wondering now if teams are viewing this as – a situation where the pirates are asking for far too much. Does it help the Yankees? Even if the Yankees could offer a package that isn't exactly what the pirates want at this point, if the pirates say, theoretically, all these teams are saying, no, great. We're moving on. Would they go to the Yankees and be like, yeah, that Dominguez package that we talked about, you know, even if they did earlier in the off season, that one sounds good. Now, could we maybe pull that off? I don't know. It's worth, worth wondering. The prospect hugging conversation is weird on this one, too, because even we would say that the Yankees, yeah, they've probably been a little too precious with their prospects, especially with the generation just before this, like the and Duhar, Clint Frazier generation. But there's a difference between hugging your prospects and just going wild, outbidding the field to yeah. surrender extra prospects just to make a trade happen. Brian Reynolds makes the Yankees better. Brian Reynolds makes the Yankees much better. Brian Reynolds, breaking news is a better left field option for the 2023 Yankees and Aaron Hicks. Crazy. Uh, that said, <laughs> I don't know how the, I don't know how the Yankees get a deal done under the current parameters. If the pirates want this big league ready pitching Yankees don't have that. The Mariners 
gutted their farm system, but do have that because they have George Kirby, they have Emerson Hancock. They have a better version of that than the Yankees do. And the Dodgers have a ton of that. Ryan Pepio, Gavin Stone, Bobby Miller, if they want to. So the Pirates uh, will find a better match with the Dodgers and Mariners. That's been true for weeks. Yeah. That said, the Mariners just went out and got A.J. Pollock over the weekend. So they just traded for Teoscar Hernandez a couple of months ago now at this point. Uh, How willing are they to overextend themselves for Brian Reynolds, knowing that they might be talking Hernandez extension? They've obviously got a lot in the works, and nobody likes the trade market more than the Mariners do. So they're probably trying to pull off something we're not even thinking about. But I don't know. The, the the more time goes by, the less I see that as a fit. And I don't. They only keep getting mentioned because they like doing crazy things. So it's the Pirates in the Pirates' best interest to have the Mariners there. Yeah. The Dodgers, they could if if all it took was high level pitching, they could do this anytime they wanted to. Yeah. They could just decide to finish. The, they could decide to finish this trade tomorrow and get Brian Reynolds. There's been talk of the Blue Jays because Ricky Tiedemann is one of the best pitchers in the minors, but not available. There's no indication he's available. Toronto would like him to front their rotation. I guess some of that comes from Toronto's outfield being this weird defense first thing where they just trade for Dalton Varsho and they signed Kevin Kiermeyer. but they did clog up their outfield with those players and George yeah. Springer and right. So that doesn't, if the blue Jays are in on Brian Reynolds, it feels like a deadline thing. The Yankees make a ton of sense. From what we're seeing, the left field situation is almost finished in the Bronx for opening day, as sad as it is to say. All the indication this week is they're comfortable if it has to be Aaron Hicks and Oswaldo Cabrera. And I understand why anyone watching this podcast would say, we're not comfortable with that. I'm not going to pretend like I'm waving a a proud Yankees flag and saying, like, good enough. No, it's not. It's not who needs to be in left field by the end of the season. But... There's no one out there as appealing as Brian Reynolds. There's no one out there in the ballpark of Brian Reynolds. The Yankees might have to wait this out or trade for Ian Happ at the deadline. Because I don't I don't think you people are going to be happy either if they're like, hey, we solved it. We traded for Alec Thomas. Like, you guys are going to be bummed that they, that they just pulled the trigger and didn't wait on Brian Reynolds. Rob Beertemple of The Athletic, who's the Pirates athletic writer, was assessing fan trade packages last week and said – Jason Dominguez and Will Warren or Jason Dominguez and Clayton Beater insert pitcher, whoever the pirates prefer. We don't know who that's going to be might be the best trade. The pirates were able to pull off here for Reynolds. And if that's the case, that explains why the Yankees are waiting because they want the pirates ask to come down from sky high to normal high. I don't think the Yankees are going to ax a Brian Reynolds trade at the finish line because they're not comfortable giving up Jason Dominguez I just don't think they want to give up Jason Dominguez on January 9th when the Pirates are asking for Jason Dominguez and Anthony Volpe or Jason Dominguez and Luis Severino. I think they're going to wait around until the Pirates stop doing that. Yeah, and you look at these other teams too, right? Like the Blue Jays. What's that pitching prospect's name? Ricky Tiedemann. Yeah, I'd never heard of him, to be honest. But you look at the Blue Jays' pitching situation and – I think it's a little bit early to call the Jose Barrio steal um, uh, premature, but he didn't look good last year. Um, you have they have Gossman under contract through 2026. They have Bassett under contract through 2025. They have Kikuchi under contract through 2024, and they have um, uh, uh, who, oh Manoa obviously, um, and Ryu's hitting free agency after this year. So. Um, with the with a need for a need to keep the pipeline of pitching available and you have one of the best pitching prospects in in baseball based on the rankings um i don't know if you make that deal when you already have a loaded outfield and you have a slot available in the rotation for the end of this season or the beginning of next season where that guy would slot in you look at the dodgers who uh, Julio Urias is hitting free agency after this year. Walker Bueller is out this year and hits free agency after 2024. Um, Clayton Kershaw, free agent after this year. Um, Noah Syndergaard, free agent after this year. They, they they are losing. They are probably going to lose two out of those three or four uh, options there. So they can't afford, in my opinion, to trade a Bobby Miller. 
who seems like a surefire prospect. He appeared um, in the exhibition games last year during spring training, struck out Shohei Otani, was throwing triple digits. Like, that's a guy for, you know, you look at his numbers. He's in the four ERA in the minors last year, but he has the stuff. He has the stuff at the, that plays at the big league level that is kind of a guarantee to be a frontline starter. Um, so, and then you look at the Mariners, right? They added A.J. Pollock. They have Teoscar Hernandez. They have Julio Rodriguez. Now at this point, what? why, why would they spend an extraneous amount um, in a trade package for Brian Reynolds when they don't necessarily need it? Um, so I think that this is it's trending in the direction of potentially helping the Yankees um, if the Pirates end up just saying, you know what, we have no choice. Because they're losing leverage too, right? He publicly came out and said he wanted a trade. Now the details of the of the disparity in the negotiations have been have been leaked as well. So if you're the Pirates, at some point as the offseason progresses, you get closer to opening day. The talk the 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 talk is clicking. Um, the clock is ticking. Um, and you're not going to have many options, uh, you know, once these teams start and forget about it. If say Reynolds is not the first guy to go on the trade market and the market materializes and people start making moves for outfielders, they're going to be in an even worse situation because other teams are going to fill the vacancies and then they're not going to have then that great. They can sit on Reynolds until the trade deadline and, and see, see what happens. They can hang on to him next off season, but what's the use in having a disgruntled guy there who you clearly, disrespected in contract negotiations based on his standards. Um, and you're just going to hold out for getting a deal that you're probably never going to get. He's going to continue to lose value because he's losing that service time control. So I think that this, I think if the Yankees continue to be patient, it could work out. Am I banking on it? No, but based on what other teams have done at this point and based on their outlooks for the next couple of years, um, once again, ex- spending that much on an expendable position outfield, they're the, the easy. It's just the easiest position to come by. There's there's so many of them. A lot of them can play multi, multiple positions out there. Um, it's very you see every offseason. It's very easy to find a powerful or an athletic, a powerful outfield bat or athletic outfielder who can cover you know position effectively for you. So if this wait continues and these things start to unfold more and more in you know, against the Pirates, the Yankees will be in a position, and that trade package from Beer Temple might actually be what what goes down. They definitely disrespected Brian Reynolds. We wouldn't be finding out about this otherwise. That's what's so exceptional about this. Yeah. Baseball players don't demand trades. And if they do, we don't find out about it. Like, I'm sure there have been numerous times when good players on bad teams go into the front office and go, fucking trade me. And we (laughs) don't learn about it because the front office can go, no, best of luck. You know, we, we don't. We don't have that in the cards. We're not going to get the value we want for you. So you're stuck here. Clearly they, they know that their time, they they know Brian Reynolds career in Pittsburgh won't last beyond his current pre-arb. Like as soon as he becomes a free agent, he's gone. So they're going to need to find a new home for him or else they're just going to have to live with the reality that they blew it. He's their best trade asset. They want the moon. Maybe the Dodgers give them the moon next week. But otherwise, they're not going to get the moon. So reassess. And and the angrier he is with the Pirates, and the more untenable it seems, and the more the Pirates are unable to convince anybody across baseball that he might come back and he's having second thoughts and he's reconsidering, the better. And when you learn that that's what the contract offer was, it's a $65 million deal, he's not signing for that. So that helps the Yankees because you know the Pirates are off the table if you didn't know it already. Um, before we finish, I do want to do a quick segment called should the Yankees sign Trevor Bauer? No, that's it for this edition of the <laughs> yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer that cue. Thanks everybody, uh, for showing up in the comments today. Uh, Big, 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 uh, big ups to you all. Uh, it seems like you found our regular time slot, which is 2 o'clock Eastern. Mondays and Thursdays, we're going to be here all off-season long. You, you, you came here at the right time. You showed up. Uh, we welcome your comments. Please drop the discourse. Uh, tweet at us. Uh, we'll be more than happy to respond to those, too. Uh, it's been a really fun off-season up to this point, but I think, yeah, Michael Caputo in the comments, the lineup is not ready uh, for prime time yet necessarily we need some additions whether it's midseason or, or preseason uh, I disagree that adding Jake McCarthy 
is the difference between people watching the Yankees or not. I, I got to say, I don't, I don't think I agree with that. Uh, they do have the best rotation in baseball at this point. So uh, they've certainly revamped half of the team. Now it's time to figure out the lineup stuff. And that left fielder, man, they got to get on that. Uh, until next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Our bylines are at YanksGoYard.com. We got plenty of content there for you. A lot of you guys read on Saturday. Got a lot of readers on Saturday, but I don't know what you all did. Yes, I mean, I guess football was yesterday, so you probably said, what am I reading Yankees content for when I could be watching a giant slate of football games that most have playoff implications? So uh, kudos to you for that. But this week, got a lot of content in the chamber um, that we're going to be uh, putting out there, and then we're planning ahead, obviously. We're still staying on top of all the trade rumors, speculating what might happen next, creating our own packages and scenarios as well. So uh, feel free to reach out on Twitter in the comments section. We'll take some of your ideas and talking points, and we'll turn it into some uh, content for you. Until then, we'll talk to you again on Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Live right here. Yes, we will. See y'all on Thursday. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.